the horror I felt as I watched my son speed down the hill in a plastic sled was debilitating. I fell to my knees in the snow and screamed his name. Luke! I wanted to turn away from the horror I was about to witness, but it was my son I felt I had to watch. It was the first snowfall of the year. My four older kids had grabbed dormant sleds from the garage and were heading out to the field behind our house. There were a number of wonderful sledding hills out there, and they awaited the winter ritual. Seven-year-old Luke, however, impetuously dove onto his sled in our front yard and without any forethought zoomed headfirst down that steep front yard. Brush grew thick around the road, so the car could not see Luke's small frame on course for direct contact with the wheels of his approaching vehicle. And Luke could not see the car until he passed the brush at full speed heading into the road. From my vantage point on top of the hill, I could see it all. I could see the vehicle and Luke run a treacherous timetable for collision. My legs crumpled beneath me, and I fell on my knees screaming his name, thinking, I am about to watch my son die. Luke's sled hit the road at the exact time the car was about to drive past. Man, it makes me shudder and feel weak just retelling that incident. But suddenly, Luke's speeding sled stopped. The front of it was lifted as though grabbed by an invisible hand and held in place for the second it took the car to pass before it was released again and now, moving much slower, completed a safe route across the street. I cannot tell you why my son's life was spared that day. I could only tell you I believe an angelic being rescued him. The way Psalm 91 verse 12 declares, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Hello and welcome to In the Secret, where we celebrate the life God's people have with him as they hide in the shadow of his wings. It actually hurt reliving that story of my son Luke's near death. After Luke arrived on the other side, I forced my weak and wobbly legs to carry me to him. I hugged him and I asked him what happened. He told me, I screamed when I saw that car. How did you avoid hitting it? I asked. I don't know. He answered, I don't know. I looked back at the path where Luke's sled had come down the yard, especially where I saw the sled lift up and then slow. There was no hill. There was no rock. It was only a slick surface. Under normal circumstances, the sled would have only picked up speed there. Luke's father ran down now, too. He had seen the car pass from afar, and together we carried our son up the hill, thankful for Luke's life. Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12 tell us that God commands angels to watch over it. The King James Version reads like this, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. 
Now, Psalm 91, verse 11 through 12 is interesting in that it's quoted again in Luke 4, verses 10 and 11. And there it says, It is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Oh, and the same person quoting this was also telling Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Do you know who that was? Satan. In my last podcast, I mentioned that God commands angels. We do not. And Satan wanted Jesus to take on a role that was not his. Jesus was living in the flesh as a human being. He lived within the constraints of humanity. Except Jesus did it perfectly. A little side note to ponder here is that Satan used the phrase, lest at any time. Was this in the original? I don't think so. I want you to ponder that on your own and let me know if you come up with something. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, he rebuked Peter when Peter cut off a servant's ear to defend him. He said, Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Jesus was like, Angels could deliver me, but I'm not calling on them. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. So yes, Jesus could have leapt off the temple, made a grand spectacle. Maybe angels would have appeared and softly floated Jesus to the ground. And ta-da! We would have been amazed and oohed and odd. But it would have been wrong, and it would have been wrong because Jesus would have been moving out of the sphere of humanity. God placed him in a human body to live as one of us, and he was required to live as a human in order to fulfill all righteousness. So instead, Jesus responds to Satan, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Sometimes Christian voices say, God will protect me. And we walk about in these coronavirus days, massless, and cough and breathe on others. And people might even accuse us of not having faith during this crisis. I've heard some recount that witnesses saw the great healing evangelist John G. Lake uh, watch a virus die on his hand during the bubonic plague. I guess a doctor was watching through a microscope. That's pretty cool. But we have to beware of the temptation towards recklessness. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Wear a mask at the grocery store. So, John G. Lake, it's possible that God instructed him to do otherwise. This is what he said. As long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing in my soul and body, no germ will attach itself to me. Is that how I'm living every moment in constant contact with the living God? That takes a special revelation and a gift from God. Otherwise, I'd only be tempting God, and that would be a sin. So we do not leap off tall buildings in a single bound and expect angelic rescue. But what we do 
is take solace in the knowledge that God has not left us alone and as orphans, that he has heavenly helpers and he will instruct them to take care of us. My husband and I were on a vacation once and we were happily talking and just following the GPS as its calm voice instructed us how to maneuver through Illinois traffic. We were following the path when it suddenly had a change of heart. The GPS began instructing us to get off the freeway and follow a different route. Maybe it senses construction, I said, even though looking at the screen, I didn't see those thick red lines that signal slow traffic was ahead. Nonetheless, we decided to simply follow its direction. We merged off the main highway and onto an adjacent freeway. Almost immediately, we knew this was not the way to go. In fact, almost as soon as we took the turn off, the GPS began redirecting us back to the original route. We sighed in frustration because it was a series of long drives and loops to return. My husband was shaking his head in disapproval. He assumed I made a mistake and I pressed something on the screen I shouldn't have. No, I didn't. I was defending myself. I wasn't even touching it. So 15 long minutes later, we were back at the same place we drove away from. As we pulled onto the freeway, we were met with slow traffic and pulsing red lights. In our absence, there had been a three-car accident, and traffic was now being diverted around it. My husband and I looked at each other. Do you think, I whispered, that that accident took place 15 minutes ago? And Charlie, my husband, shrugged, and his mouth said, I believe so. Sometimes it's not so obvious angels have spared us. But Psalm 91, verses 11 through 12, insinuate angels are continually there to assist us. Maybe that car in front of you today, going 10 miles per hour under the speed limit, was actually protecting you and making sure you got to work safely. Maybe when you wanted to go to the beach, but it was closed or there was a party going on, that was God keeping you from an illness or being injured in some way. I don't know. Neither do you. And that's why we hide ourselves in the refuge that is God and trust him with our lives, whatever may come. If you want to do a bit more research, there are a multitude of angelic deliverance stories out there. I want to direct you to a couple of my personal favorites. There's a YouTube video I watched incessantly a few years ago. A traffic camera appears to capture a man in an Asian country, I believe it's China, driving into the path of a semi-truck. Suddenly, the man is on the roadside instead of under the truck, and the truck driver is seen getting out and looking under his truck. He's expecting to see a mangled bicycle. Instead, he realizes the man is safe and sound across the street. You see him wandering around the the road like, what just happened? (laughs) And a close-up reveals uh, the man on the bike shakily climbing off of it and sitting on the curb. And the angel? Well, you have to watch that video to see the angel. You can search Angel Saved a Man from Death by a YouTuber named Tagorlova. Tell me what you think. 
Then last year, a man named Bruce Vanetta came to our town and he shared an amazing story of angels standing guard when his body was crushed under a semi-truck. It is quite the story. And this man, Bruce Vanetta, has all the documentation to prove his healing was a real miracle. So search Bruce Van Atta, spelled V-A-N-A-T-T-A, online for that story. Until then, we know that God's angels are watching over us, protecting us. But we also want to keep safe, keep our distance, wash our hands. I'm going to be um, publishing the notes from this podcast. And if you are interested in those, please be sure to search my name on Facebook, J-O-N-I-S-C-O-T-T. And uh, let me know what you think if you'd like those notes. And if you uh, have any questions or thoughts on angels or Psalm 91. Until then, be safe and blessed. Mm -hmm.